Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Loaded up. He's the world's deadliest villain. He's ruthless. No speak Russian. And brilliant. Straight flush. Damn it! I'm going to turn Washington, D.C. into a pile of ash. He's known only as Dieter. And until now, he's been unstoppable. What the world needs is a hero who's so top secret, we don't even know his full name. Hello, McGruber. Don't worry, this is just like Nicaragua. I got shot in Nicaragua. This is nothing like Nicaragua. My name is McGruber. Capital M. A. C. Capital G. R. U. B. E. I. Classic MacGruber, and I'm Sebastian. I'll put together my own team of killer stoppers. I'm Andy Schossler. Go for groups, and I'm Jordan. Oh, God, what have we done? Welcome to well, why, did, why did nobody go, time to pound some coons? <laughs> That's a very it's, good question. It's pronounced cunth, isn't it? It's not coons, right? I don't know. It, they're, oh, they're both they, bad. They keep, changing. <laughs> they keep changing how they pronounce it. And that trailer is very misleading. Well, I think it's known only as Dieter, and that's not true. They've <laughs> only ever referred to him as Coons. <laughs> well, welcome to our review of the SNL film MacGruber. Um, listen, this is I'm going to blame our fan Jade for this. And I know she didn't exclusively ask for this, but she asked for Night at the Roxbury. We watched it. We had some giggles. We talked about other SNL yeah. films. And by effect, here we are. Jade's fault. Lawyered. Done. That's how that works. <laughs> oh. Uh, 
Look, this... I, I had previously lamented doing this movie because I like remember it being really bad. And like on real on like rewatch, what I found is the film itself is not as terrible as I'd remembered. It's I just decided that I hate Will Forte, and I think that's why I didn't like the movie. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. That's exactly what I was going to say too. It's all fine, but his voice, for some reason, I just want to punch him in the face. also his face. Yeah, it, he's just got one of those faces. He's a, he's a very good actor and he is funny. He is, he is a comedy, a, a, a proper proper comedian. But he's, he's, good in, like, he's good in like bit roles, but like he's just, he should not be a lead. I like, I, I can't look at his face for 90 minutes. That's the problem. Yeah. Anything, anything you watch him in always ends up descending into this narcissist, you know, man baby who just wants it done his way for no good reason. Yeah. Uh, Last Man Standing is an excellent example of that. Great show, uh, very funny show with everybody else. It's just Will Forte's character ends up going in this very unlikable way, and not mm. not even a charming, unlikable way. You just hate him, right? I'm looking through his roles but now. He's quite good. And the only thing that I've seen him in that I think I have really enjoyed. Oh, that's a weird thing. Okay. There's two things. Um, he was the main in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, but then we hide his face there. So that doesn't count. Oh, okay. Jordan, did you know that he played MacGruber on a 2010 episode of Monday Monday Night Smackdown? What the <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do remember that happening. It was in the um, the guest host era when they had like a guest host every week. Isn't Raw like, Mondays? Was... Yeah, it is. IMDb is broken. <laughs> yeah, anyway. So apparently he did have a, a wrestling cameo a bit, but um, there's uh, I got some bad news, guys. I got some real bad news. On the top of his list for coming soon, there is actually a MacGruber 2 listed. Um, yeah, I, I just saw that as I opened up IMDb. <laughs> Damn it, <sir. laughs> Well, the, the good news is he's the only member of the cast, so it's obviously very early days. And also, thank God for COVID nineteen. That's not good news. What if what if it's just just him? It's it's just him on like a Zoom call for ninety minutes doing MacGruber things. Yep. Okay. So you've instantly found the flaw with my my good news. It could be very bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good shit. All right. Well, that's fun. Um, I can't see much that he's actually been in that I've enjoyed him in. Um, but I do know him obviously from SNL, and he's fine in the skits. Not one of my favorites. Like, I said, like he, yeah, yeah, like he's good in little like sort of bit roles. Like he's been on like Thirty Rock and How I Met Your Mother and stuff like that. And, like he's all right when he pops up there because it's like for a few minutes in a twenty-minute episode. But have uh, either of you, know, you like, seen a, a futile and stupid gesture? No, uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's a Netflix film. Um, but it's the story of how National Lampoons was started. Oh, okay. uh, he's quite good in that. He plays the lead in that. And I think because he's he's playing, because it's a, a biography, essentially, um, that he doesn't have the opportunity to, to become that unlikable character that he seems to write himself into. Mm. Which is which is a great strategy yeah, uh, right. for, for getting away with it, because if you do a good job, people hate you anyway. Uh, so that's fine. If you learn to deal with that, that's not a problem. And if they don't like it, they hate you and you're fine because you already know how to deal with that. Who does he look like? Sorry, there's another SNL guy that he kind of reminds me of and I can't tell if it's his same face with like <laughs> different makeup <laughs> or if there's somebody else that I'm, I'm mad at by seeing. So uh, I'm going to go through- It's not the other guy. Oh, sorry? The other guy with that um, funny voice. Oh, what's his name? Uh, he's in- he plays the Colombian in Parks and Rec. 
Oh, that means nothing. Uh, that means nothing to you. Well, good. <laughs> Sorry. Neither should it. You horrible person, you. Uh, I barely have time. Take to find. That's right. I'll, I'll have a look through the cast list myself <clears throat> for SNL and see if I can find <laughs> the actual human, but it might just be him. Oh, wait. No. Who's the one that plays um in, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine? The... um. Weirdly foreign man that they don't understand every time they see him, Mikinos or something like that. Uh, I, I, I think that's the guy I'm thinking of. Uh, uh, I just got to find the. No, sorry, I'll, I'll I'll hunt him down because at least I know what show. No, he's hold on, hold on. I've got the episode. Oh really? Uh, oh, look at you. Just, just looking it up on Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen. Yeah. Fred Armisen. Um, oh, he always plays a guy with a weird voice or, or, or this weird guy. Oh, yeah. I'm looking him up Yes, now. that's the one that I mix him up with every now and then. Yeah, that is him. there you go. There okay. you go. Thank you. I and like Fred Armisen. He's, he, he's, he's funny. He is funny. He always plays an annoying guy, but he is genuinely funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, speaking about annoying people, we had plenty of those in McGruber. <laughs> oh, my God. My goodness. Um, I actually want... came up with a tweet for this film. Oh, what are you doing? I mean, good job. <laughs> You're overachieving, Andrew. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for this one? I would love to hear it. <clears throat> SNL alum write a film about a former secret agent with a maverick style coming back to the service to prevent his arch nemesis from detonating a hijacked nuclear warhead. And 13 years later, they did it again with MacGruber. Oh, <laughs> not bad, not mean. bad. Um, <laughs> so oh, I come on, it's a, it's, a, it's a change of name and a change of location for Austin Powers. That's all it is. Oh, absolutely. Did you... Have you guys seen the trailer? I know you heard it when we did the intro, but have you seen it at all? No, I haven't. I saw this for the first time, and I was introduced to MacGruber through an episode of The Office. I'd never heard of it outside of that. They yeah, it? I remember that, actually, yeah. They mentioned it in The Office? Yeah, yeah Michael. Um, there's a Halloween for Halloween, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Oh, that's that's cute. I was gonna just bring this up. I know we, I know Jordan wasn't here when we did the rewatch, and there were some other issues. But um, we were huge, huge fans of the Wayne's World series. But mm. in the trailer to this film, they have the sheer cojones to say <laughs> in text on the screen, so you couldn't hear it in the trailer, the funniest SNL film since Wayne's World. <laughs> and I'm like, bitch, have you not seen? Like, I mean, neither of the Roxbury may have actually come out before Wayne's World now that I think about it. I'm not sure of the timeline there. No, Wayne's World was 97 and not the Roxbury was 98. Okay, then I they think. are then they are absolute liars. Um, <laughs> I tried to save them. <laughs> not, that, not that Roxbury was like, you know, we weren't falling out of our seats laughing, but it was definitely a better film than this, I would say. It was say. good. I don't know. It was good, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say I think I enjoyed Night at the Roxbury more. It's not like a high bar, but I think it, it was better. Yeah, this film's not, this film isn't bad. I feel like we're, we are burying it a lot to begin with. It's not bad, it's just not good. <laughs> is that the best way to put it? <laughs> it's inconsistent is what it is. Like there's times when the movie is like genuinely pretty funny and has like some good jokes and some good scenes. And then there's just times where it falls off a cliff completely and like just barely makes it back up. Yeah. Well, the audience response kind of reflects that. Yeah. Um, it's very polarizing. I was looking at some reviews yeah. this morning when I was getting ready to, to come on. <laughs> Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes has it at a 48% for audience and 35 
uh, sorry, 48 for critical and 35 for audience, um, and an IMDb rating of 5.5. I think that's fairly fair that it's around around a five, um, but it didn't yeah, make his money back. It had a budget oh, of 10 million. 10 million and, uh, and only 10 million. That's a cheap and, movie. But yeah, cheap movie and only grossed 9.3. In fact, um, over over the course of three weeks from its premiere. The number of theatres screening it dropped by ninety three percent from two and a half thousand to one hundred and seventy seven. <laughs> they just dropped the film. In what world is this getting picked up for a sequel? What's happening? Yeah, how is that happening? I don't know. Netflix has got a lot of money sloshing around there. They can, you know, and other and, and other streamers. I'm I'm sure want to do the same. Well, I mean, they got Content, their five dollars for me need. when I rented it on YouTube, so I'm probably pushing it over the line. <laughs> Look what you did, Sam. You're helping that sequel get across the line. I better get a credit. Do you feel good about yourself? Are you, are you happy? I just want a credit, man. I just want, like, executive producer Sebastian or something like that. You know, it's fine. I could, Co- I think. junior, vice executive producer. Yeah, as many adjectives yeah, we as possible. May be, we, may be a, we may be a part of the problem, guys, because a lot of these bad films can be quite difficult to find, and so you end up having to having to rent them. Uh, because even even on uh, um, even on torrents, they're, they're not that available. So we may be funding our own our own um, hell. You hear that? Well, film I'd like to, to come out and say it just just so <laughs> just so all our listeners are aware. I did not pay for this movie. <laughs> Guys, I discovered how easy it is to do the YouTube rental thing for like five dollars each, and I've been doing that lately because it's just really easy unless it's on like netflix or whatever we've got already like i could just go fuck around just do it it's on my tv straight away oh guys i'm 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 having to get up once less yeah (laughs) and in case i move into a bit of trivia yeah absolutely please do oh i'd love to the um the mazda miata which in australia is known as an mx5 is genuinely will forte's His McGruber car is, is genuinely his. Oh, well, that's cute, I guess. I mean, he can do so much better. <laughs> <laughs> the um, director, Yorna uh, Tacone. Do you guys know who he's from? No. With, where he's I'm from? Ring a bell. He's one of the Lonely Island guys. And <sighs> in in Parks and Rec, he was, he was one of the Grizzle execs. Oh, okay. I'll look him up when now. It, and, oh, and that, yeah, that guy. Right. As soon as I put yeah. it up on IMDb, I'm like, oh, I don't know. You, 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 you recognize that face when you, when you see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, his, it's his first film. He, he, he directed a few episodes of things before this, but it was his first film. And he instructed uh, Will Forte, Val Kilmer, and Powers Booth that they were to act as if they were in an 80s Joel Silver film. Die Hard, essentially. I think... Um... They, they, they were... They, I wanted to get that spirit of Die Hard. Yeah, and I think bloody um, Val Kilmer definitely got that memo because I, I felt like he was playing it <laughs> mostly like, like like a straight villain, like that's from one of those. Films. Yeah. Good. That's the thing. Like the whole that makes sense because the whole movie to me kind of felt like those few episodes of Always Sunny where they do those Die Hard sequels, but not as yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> and the original <laughs> draft was. A, <laughs> and the original draft was 175 pages. That's too long. How do you get three hours of, of material out of this? Yeah, how do you get three hours of MacGruber? I mean, it's just sketch after sketch. How long can a sketch be? Three minutes? Six minutes? A hundred sketches, This is like a hundred. 
Yeah, this is like a hundred Magruba scratches sequentially. Oh, yeah, thank God. That <laughs> there was probably there was probably more like unnecessarily long, awkward sex scenes in that uh, original draft. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he is such an unlikable character. Every character that Will Forte plays is is essentially unlikable. That's so true. <laughs> Am I going to be the only one going to bat for those sex scenes in this in this review? About- <laughs> Probably, yeah, you may be. <laughs> Good. Let's know my role in the world. The first one was funny for about ten seconds, and then it went on for an additional three minutes. Yep, and then there was another one. <laughs> <laughs> yep, almost directly afterwards. Yep, oh. and before tape, that's genuinely him doing it. He refused a body double. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> Oh, okay. And and it was Kristen Wiig's birthday when they filmed it. Happy birthday. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Lucky her. <laughs> oh. All right. And nothing but fun times on set. Oh, I'm sure they all get along very well. Actually, Will Forte and Val Kilmer became good friends. Oh, that's Val Kilmer lived at Will Forte's place for, for a few months uh, while he was looking for a place in L.A. Oh, that's really cute. Let's see movies. They became good friends. Bringing people together, guys. Bringing people together. Have either of you seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Years ago. I don't think so. I think it was made around the same time, and it's just another another fat Val, Val Kilmer um, film. But God, he's still he's still got it, and he is such a funny guy. He's got he's got the comedic timing down. He's having a, for, for, like, for a dramatic actor because you don't you don't think of Val Kilmer as a comedy actor, but he but he definitely is very good at it. Is he having health troubles at the moment? I remember something vaguely about him. Not not in this film per se, because um, this film's obviously a little bit older. Quite possibly, yeah. I have to. I don't say. Him. Yeah, I don't say. I don't say fat uh, disparagingly. That's you know, that's just the way he looks, and so be it. Oh, oh that's right. No, it was gone. because in Jane Silent Bob's reboot, he couldn't speak. There's something wrong with his throat. Ah. Uh, ah, um, uh, yeah, that's right. Because he has a silent role, but it's literally like because he can't speak, and I don't know what the actual issue is, but um, oh, I can look it up. If oh, like, as in genuinely, that's that's his condition. Yeah, no, but, uh, no like I'm not sure oh, if he was just okay. sick that day, for example, or whether he's, as far as I'm aware, his health has just deteriorated quite a bit, though. But um, oh, that's a shame. Uh, cancer. He's taken his voice. No. Oh, bugger. Mm. Yeah. Well, there you go. See, sad news for everyone, but he's alive still. So that's <laughs> yeah. Any more uh, trivia? <laughs> Only that the journal. The KFBR three eight two journal was uh, completed by Will, Will Forte in in breaks on set. Yeah, it's all the, all, all the scribblings. Of, yeah, and there's another thing. It's just in there as a joke. It's perhaps the only joke in the film that isn't that that stands out as as being out of place because it doesn't really have a have a tie back into the story. Every other joke mm. is a good setup and a payoff. Yeah, yeah for a reason. That one just seems to be there uh, because they had the idea for the journal, and wouldn't it be funny if McGruber was obsessed about this thing? But it never, it never pays off in the sense that it's you know connected to the henchman in some way. Yeah, that's which true. is a shame. But it's really fr- it's the, it, the scene where he goes through it and it goes dark, and the like the evil music comes in. Genuinely, a funny spot. <laughs> I actually like, one of the better jokes, I would say. <laughs> But, yeah, but but it, every, see, everything else also has also has a consequence. Every action has a consequence. You know, the the characters are reacting to to what they're doing. It's actually quite a well written thing. But 
that whole that whole journal thing it, it doesn't even affect his uh, when when he's on the phone with uh, with with the general while he's torching this this car that he, that he finally found, um, yeah, it, it doesn't affect his judgment. It's not like he misses vital information or anything. It's just there for the joke of him being obsessed with something. Mm. Oh, I have some trivia. This film is weirdly homophobic for just a small window. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can read into it like that. I guess. But what he's doing his recruitment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Mean, my it- my immediate reaction was that oh okay he can't use him because the big show is not going to do the mission. He's 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 found he's found a husband. Okay. I I, I agree. That, that, that is a you can read it. Reading. You can read it from both sides. Yeah. <laughs> It was just when it cuts back to him just like crossing him the fuck off his list. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it come across a bit aggressive, didn't it? <laughs> um, Jordan, I picked out all the wrestlers yeah. except one. Was that that was MVP? Was it? Uh, yeah, I think the second one. Yeah, because yeah, it was like Great Carly, Jericho, MVP, Shaw, Mark Henry, Mark Big Show. Oh, and Kane. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that. Kane. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was just that other one. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Antonio Burke Jr., MVP. Cool. Don't worry. I just saw it myself. Yeah, that's him. Well, there you go. We snuck some more wrestling in, Andrew. You thought it was over, but it was not. <laughs> it's never over. It's never over. <laughs> Good scene, though, which I'll be talking about in length when we get into the review. At least there are... At least there are no wrestlers in, in our next week's film. Uh, knives, knives out. Thank God for that. There's always time. <laughs> <laughs> any other Maybe they'll get one in Knives Out too. Oh, that's true. Uh, any more trivia, guys? Or do you want to jump into the actual review? It was shot in 30 days. Nice and quick. In and out. <laughs> that shows. <laughs> yep. Was <laughs> it also written in 30 days? <laughs> uh, it was written overnight. Overnight on a cocktail napkin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh God! All right, well let's we'll dive in then. So, effectively, if you're new to this, the joke is that it's MacGyver. That that that's the movie. What? That, that end of joke. What? Should we talk no. about Richard Dean Anderson and how much better he is at, at everything <laughs> when it comes to acting? Is that is that relevant? Will Will Forte is fine as an actor. He just takes these roles. He just writes his characters in the same unlikable way. And I, I don't understand why he's decided on that as his trope, but that's his thing. And if it pays the bills, then so be it. Yep. He's opted to torpedo his own career. <laughs> oh, but he's okay. So this is obviously based off an SNL skit in which I guess the premise is that they're lampooning the idea of all the gadgets that MacGyver makes last minute are ridiculous, but let's turn it up to 11 and make them even more ridiculous by making shit that just doesn't make sense. So <laughs> yes. that's the basis of the character from the, from the skit perspective. From a movie perspective, not much has changed. <laughs> uh, except for the introduction of Kunth, which I wonder what's his first name. Dieter von Kunth. 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 This is a very risque joke for a movie that's probably M-rated, but um. <laughs> so well, I was I was surprised when it when it had the line, uh, "Let's let's go pound some coons." Yep. <laughs> in the in the film, yeah, that then, did make me laugh. <laughs> well, they 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 lived up to that name with those sex scenes, I guess. 
vividly. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, what's his, I just had his name. Dieter von Kunth, played by Val Kilmer, is effectively, we. Oh, I'm going to kind of spoil this little twist bit because it's not really a twist. He's paid off by the Chinese to hijack a nuclear weapon to hold the US ransom and blow it up and make some money. That's effectively the main plot yep. there. Um, he, He's doing it for the money. Yes. He hates MacGruber, and after MacGruber, early on in his career, had stopped him uh, when MacGruber was getting married to... Um, it wasn't Christian Wiig's character, right? It was... Um, it was Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph, Maya Rudolph yeah. Who, 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 who played the original girl in the skits, but then she left the show and Christian Wiig replaced her, ah, and it wasn't addressed on the skits. But in, in, in the film, Maya Rudolph dies and Kristen Wiig takes over. Yes. So on their wedding day, literally as they're at the altar... Uh, Kuth kills, um, he tries to kill MacGruber, kills his soon-to-be wife, and then MacGruber goes into hiding and everyone thinks he died. Um, and the premise is, yeah, the military finds out that he's been in hiding. They grab him because Kunth is back and they need him to help them. It's literally Austin Powers without the freezing t- chamber, like Andrew was saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, only, and only this failure of an agent who disregards orders, who fucks up all the time. Only he is capable of doing this. Yes. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah, and that reason is not really explained, but that's fine. Whatever. Um, These films, I mean, it's... Okay, as, 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 as a standalone joke, standalone joke that this guy is revered everywhere, but we only see him as this joke of a character who can never get anything right. That's that's funny when you when you do it as a one line. But then when you when you flesh it out into a whole concept, it gets really tiresome every time he fucks up or does something that doesn't work or in fact makes the situation worse for everybody, you start to wonder how on earth can can this universe support the idea that he's actually quite good. He's actually quite quite revered as an agent because I'm not seeing it. Well, he <laughs> did stop Kunth before the movie, and he does stop Kunth again in the movie. I think it's just one of those. Well, if you only look at, but he only he only has to stop Kunth at, at the end of the movie because he deliberately didn't. St- in fact, made it easier for him to get to that endpoint throughout the movie. There were multiple times where he could have been stopped, oh. and MacGruber screws him up. Absolutely. I'm just saying his bosses are looking at the end result and not the working. It's the opposite of a, of a high school math test. Like, oh yeah, four is the correct <laughs> answer. We're not, but we don't yeah. find out how you got to it. <laughs> Please do not show your work. Yeah, absolutely do not show your working. So, uh, effectively, yeah. So, oh, God, I hate this movie. Um, <laughs> so, MacGruber's been, a, I, I'm going to say ripping off Johnny English. The, the second one as well, where he's been living in like a monastery. Um, really? God, that's like the premise of every Steven Seagal film. Oh, maybe it is. I just don't, I haven't watched a lot of those, but I, my, my point of call was the second, was um, Johnny English, which is crazy, I know. Okay. <laughs> but that would make sense because that would obviously yeah, be a parody of some kind too. Um, so yeah, they recruit him back, tell him that they're going to stop Kunth. And he goes off to recruit a team because he's been told by the colonel, Booth, you need a team. You can't go in this alone. And Well, they wanted to give him a team and he said, no, fuck you, I'm building my own team. Yes. So he goes and builds his own team. A guy's named Tug and, <laughs> and such. And these are just all the wrestlers that 
were camera ready at the time, I guess. <laughs> so we've got um, the big show. From, you might know him from the big show show. Um, we got the great Carly, who I believe was in Get Smart. as actually quite a funny role. He did real well in that one. Um, Glenn Jacobs, who, who's Kane, who's from See No Evil, a movie you should never see. Don't see the movie. He's also he's also the current mayor of Tennessee. Don't forget. That's right, Knoxville, Tennessee. He's actually a mayor, and that's not a gimmick, Andrew. He's literally an elected official. <laughs> no, I know uh, there was uh, Jesse Ventura was yep. also um, a governor or, or, or had some government uh, no, position in California. Yeah, he's a governor. Yeah. That he was the precedent for when Arnie ran for it, saying like, "Oh, I guess a, I guess a moon act because he was in Predator with Arnie. I guess an actor." Well, Ronald, Reagan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ronald Reagan started his. He was an actor. Yeah, he's a cowboy, wasn't he? Really? Yeah, he's a Western actor. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's that, in Back to the Future Three. That's the that's the joke when when he asked when Doc asks Marty, who's who's president in the eighties, Ronald Reagan, or who's vice president, Jerry Lewis, which is a very underrated joke. In in. In the 50s, it would have been unimaginable for an actor to, to become a president. Yep, and it should, should have, it should have stayed in that state. Anyway, <laughs> we got Mark Henry, who I'm not going to say is too famous from films, but he did win like the strong one of the big strongman competitions. Um, he, he is a ridiculously thick human being in this movie. I'm not saying thick as in stupid. I mean, like he is the thickness of four humans. He's huge. Um Chris Jericho, which I mean, I feel like Chris Jericho kind of has transcended a little bit outside of uh, wrestling media at the moment. But I don't know if are you familiar with him, Andrew? Yeah. No. Oh, really? Okay. I tune out every time you say wrestling. Oh God. <laughs> um, He's done like a few, a few little roles here and there. Nothing major. I would, I, I don't know exactly who you're talking about, but I'm sure I would have recognized his face if if it was pointed out. This is the guy I'm talking about. Yeah. Maybe. He was in, um, have you seen the new Jay and Silent Bob film? No. Uh, he's the leader of the KKK in that scene, which is actually very oh, okay. funny. All right. And surprisingly feeling more and more accurate every day. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he was in uh, Sharknado 3. Fantastic film. Is that on the Kurt Angle was oh. in, or is it Kurt Angle in a different one of those? I think so. I can't, couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but maybe. I feel like there was one that had like at least a few cameos from, from wrestlers. And finally, there's um, Antonio Burke Jr. Or, or MVP. He's actually only recently come back to wrestling. Uh, he's in for WWE. He's I've always thought he's a charismatic guy, but I don't know him for any movies specifically. But I'm sure this can't have been it. I'm not too sure, to be honest. I'm actually looking. This might be it. Like, it's all wrestling that he's credited in, apart from Magruba. This actually just might be his first film. Uh, anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. This is the joke. Well, what a debut. Yeah, absolutely. This is the joke that I genuinely think is funnier in this film than it is when it was repeated in Deadpool 2. Yes. Um, and I, I, I think I actually may have mentioned this to you when we, we saw Deadpool 2 together when we did the re, we went to go watch the um, PG version, Andrew, that I'd seen yeah. this exact joke somewhere else. And this is it. Um, I'm going to recruit the team. They're the best team. They're irreplaceable. They're the I, nothing will stop us now that I've got my team together and the team is dead. <laughs> um, effectively, McGruber had some homemade plastic explosives in the boot of the car, <laughs> went to go speak to the general in the van. All of the wrestlers or troops, whatever, were waiting for him to come back. 
And as he's explaining why he doesn't need the general's stupid team, because he's done everything and it's all you know coming together, blah blah blah. Boom, they're all dead. Um, boom. And I think this is great. This is probably one of the strongest jokes in the movie. Um, it's good. Yeah. And I mean, Andrew, I think it's positive for you because it also spared you a movie with six wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't wish the wrestlers any any misfortune at all <laughs> <laughs> but if they could be replaced by actors that that it's would not be the, the dream it's not the wrestlers it's not the wrestlers i have a problem with it's the wrestling that is just boring and whatever well fine but the wrestlers are, are quite some people there are a lot of yeah i like i like uh the rock he's, yeah. he's quite good in stuff john cena is a funny guy as well there are lots of wrestlers who who have gone on to have Good acting careers and and you know political careers as well. God, it's not uh, it's not isolated. It's just the wrestling. I don't I don't get it. I don't like it. We'll win you over, Andrew. We'll win you over. (laughs) (laughs) One of these days, it's going to be a long battle. I know that. (laughs) So the team's gone. He's told no. Okay, this is off. You can't do this. You're obviously in no shape to blah blah blah. Um. He then is begging um, this actor I've never heard of, Ryan Philippe. Philip, he plays Piper. He's the guy that's kind of been the second to the general this entire time that McGruber's had the sort of like a I fucking hate you relationship with. Wait, I can't see your face, Seb. You, you've never heard of Ryan Philippe? I no. I mean, I'll look. I'll let me open up his thing and I'll, I'll double check to see if he hasn't. Oh, no, he was in. He was. He was. He the was like in a- Cruel Intentions. Yeah, he was a big deal in like the early 2000s. Guys, I've yeah, not seen the intentions. Why would I have seen that movie? <laughs> Antitrust, he was the he was the kid going up against uh, um, Tim Robbins, who was essentially playing an evil Bill Gates. Yep, not seen that one either. Ryan, Ryan Philippe has been around in a lot of in a lot of good stuff. Okay. But the thing I really remember him from is um I know what you did last summer. Oh, oh yeah, they're just about to cover. Remember those. He was in that. Um, yeah, Dead Meat's just about to cover the I, I Know What You Did Summer movies on the Kill Count, guys. If this review was a week later, Ooh. I would have recognised his face, but <laughs> I don't. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he's not um not he's like he's not been in anything like big in a long time, but he used to be like a, a bit of a name back in the, the early two thousands. Yeah, like yeah. teen heartthrob kind of scene. So. Ryan Philippe of Piper uh, agrees, fine, I will help you. But the general's like, well, two people's not a team, guys. And I specifically require a team for this. I need something that meets the exact definition of the word team. And it's not (laughs) two people. But anything different to that is acceptable. Even though the last team we had was seven people big, I just need that definition met. But thank God for Kristen Wiig playing uh, Vicky. Was it Vicky... Vicky. St. Elmo? Was that her name? Something like, yeah. Yeah. Because um, she rocks up, because she was also in the recruitment scene with all the wrestlers, but she turned it down because she was playing piano and pursuing a career in singing. Exactly. And the general's like, well, that's technically a team. Three people, you're in. I accept these terms, <laughs> which is ridiculous, but sure. So um, ridiculous. <laughs> so they... They're, they're good. You know, they've got the whole idea of, well, everyone thinks McGruber's dead. Kunth isn't looking for you. He doesn't know you're around. We have the element of surprise. That is too easy of a task for McGruber. <laughs> I don't mind 
this sort of scene. I know you said Andrea gets a bit frustrating when he constantly fucks up. This is a good kind of fuck up. Because for me, this was a character decision. I'm making a choice that I want to run at this guy head on. It's a terrible idea. Yeah. But it wasn't- a terrible him. idea, that's right. But he didn't fuck up per se. Like it wasn't like, a, oops, I tripped and it was an accident. It was like, I'm making a decision. It's just a bad decision. Well, no, he, he did fuck up because if Kristen Wiig points out to him, now you've- now you've let him know that you're here. He thought you were dead. And MacGruber just realizes, oh, okay, that may have actually been quite good. He just wasn't thinking about it. Oh, I must have missed that one line. Because for me, it was like, he. I mean, I'm not saying he's a smart character and he definitely made the wrong decision <laughs> oh, here. No. MacGruber is, is all ego. Yeah. He is all ego. And this is and, and this is exactly that. I'm coming after uh, Kunt and I, I'm, I'm going to have the, the showdown with him right now. So come on out. I'm MacGruber, I'm here. Come on out, Coons. My name is uh, MacGruber. That's M-A-C-G-R-U-B-E-R. <laughs> Tell him I'm coming for him. <laughs> like, oh. So. But oh. that, that kind of pays off, you know, in, in the next scene where we have Coons painting a lovely Picasso-inspired portrait of this old <laughs> lady. Uh when when they say there was this one guy in one of your clubs, you know, oh, by the way, this, there was this one guy in one of your clubs uh, called MacGruber, whatever, and he says, well, okay, bring him in. And, and they say, oh, no, we thought he was a crazy guy. We just let him go. <laughs> yep, which would have so been... Only, only Kuntz knows his... his uh, and even Kuntz is afraid of him. He's, you know, he's the most dangerous man alive. Okay, why? <laughs> Why you can't do anything? Yeah, it's it's a weird dynamic. The fact that Kunz is aware that MacGruber is useless, but also was foiled by him in the past. I suppose no matter yeah, you you can't ignore the fact that MacGruber does get stuff done. He takes a long time to do it. There's a lot of collateral damage along the way. People get hurt. Uh, it becomes much more expensive than than it could have been, but he does get the job done. Hey, if I had unlimited resources, I'm sure I could accomplish a lot more in my life than I am right now. <laughs> Doesn't mean you should give me unlimited resources to make it happen. That's right. Oh, Absolutely okay. not. <laughs> so there's a scene where they send Vicky to the coffee shop dressed as MacGruber. Now, this is a running gag in the movie that MacGruber yeah. will get other people to look like him to draw out traps because he <laughs> wants to be the one that then springs the trap on that person from the outside rather than on the inside. Yeah. And also, he constantly is trying to <laughs> stop himself from being killed. Yeah. <laughs> Which we this do seems pretty funny. Yeah. Um, good scene. So, yeah, she's got a Bluetooth headset in. MacGruber's, you know, walking her through the scene like you would in any Mission Impossible film, you know, do this, do this, we can see this on the camera and all that. But he's correcting her minor mannerisms to make sure that she is <laughs> MacGrubering as detailed as possible, I guess. <laughs> like MacGruber doesn't tip, so after she's like tipped the coffee man, she has to like put her hand yep, back to into take the it back. And take it. Like it's it's fucking painful to watch is what it is. Um But yeah, they get attacked. Well, specifically MacGruber and um and what's his name? I feel like I remember his name is Felipe right now. Piper. Piper, yep, thank you. They get attacked, whatever. It's fine. The movie continues on. But where do we go from here? I'm actually drawing a blank. After that, they find... Uh, the, 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 they 
get the henchman and find his car. Yep. And find that he's got a he's got a pile of cash in the back of it, and they conclude, okay, he's going to use that to go buy the access codes to the new key hijacked at the start of the film. That's right, and then they need to do do another dress up. So then, gag. So, <laughs> yeah, and they and they go to the warehouse to spring the trap there uh, to prevent the access codes from getting into Coon's possession. Yep. So they dress up Vicky St. Elmo as, oh, I can't remember what the name of the guard was, but the what, the, the guy that they took the case from, the thing from originally. Just, what was his name? Yeah. Um, I can't remember. But... I'll find it. Yep. So she dresses up as that guy. Hoss. Hoss. Big Hoss. Big Hoss, yep. And Andy we, McKenzie. We Is he another wrestler? He looks like a wrestler. I, not that I know of. <laughs> Then we have, I'm going to say again, weirdly, one of the funniest gags in this film, and it's a low bar, but genuinely when MacGruber is, they're going to sneak in, but there's like a bunch of armed guards and MacGruber doesn't use a gun and Piper needs help, but MacGruber won't, you know, cover him because he doesn't use weapons. So he has to fashion- Because they're stupid. Because they're, they're absolutely stupid. So he does the MacGyver gadget thing going through a little a small like trash can and his gag is effectively to sort of Buffalo Bill himself. Well, he's not really tucking, I guess he's just covering, <laughs> but he's got a piece of celery lodged up his butt and he's, I can't describe what I'm seeing guys. I don't. Can someone, You're doing a pretty good job of it. <laughs> he's fully naked. I mean, it, it is what it is. Yeah. He's naked. He's covering his junk with his hand. He's got celery sticking out of his butt. And like some sort of broken bird, he's walking in and turning and making weird noises. And all the guards just look at him and they have no idea what the fuck is going on. So then Piper can take them out really quickly because they're distracted. Mm-hmm. And Bobby Gruber takes the credit because he distracted them. Oh, absolutely. Distraction's a distraction. Yep. They're dead because they were distracted. Yeah, pay attention, Piper. I <laughs> legitimately think this is funny. It's so stupid, don't get me wrong. But this is one of the better jokes for me because it was just like weird as fuck. (laughs) So, yep, the plan goes wrong. The guys get the codes, whatever. And then we're brought to um, Kunt's party. You're you're missing what I thought was the the best joke of all of it. They they dress Kristen Wiig up as Hoss. And so, no, 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 you, you, you're in the room, you'll be fine. And then as soon as she walks through the door, everybody turns with their guns and that's not possible. Not even half a second passed and they realize no, it wasn't him. Instantly, that's... <laughs> okay, that's a fair point. Good move. Um, so then they get to the party. Kunt's party. Am I skipping anything or is that right? Because, yeah, they're told not... That, no, that, that's, 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 sounds right to me. I don't remember anything else. Yeah, Powers Booth calls him and says, don't you go to that party, MacGruber. And he goes to that party. Surveillance um, only. He thinks you're dead. Yeah, you've got the element of surprise. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, so one of the running gags in this film is that MacGruber takes his car radio out with him wherever he goes because he doesn't need to get stolen. And he just <laughs> carries it with him, which is actually a fun, I, I do like that um, that little trick. Yeah. Only because when he walks into the party... The coat rack lady's like, can I take your jacket or car stereo? And he's just like, nice try. This party's weird. So MacGruber goes up to take an upper decker, 
which is unfortunately <laughs> a joke that has stayed in my friendship circle now for many, many years. No one's done it to me, but there's always the joke of like, if you, if someone pushes you off, well, I'm going to go to their house and take an upper decker. Um, it's a horrible thing to do to somebody. Yeah, it's, it's fucked up. Effectively, yeah. So an upper decker in this case is taking a shit in the actual fill tank on top of the toilet and not in the bowl itself, <laughs> which is fucked up. Which I'd like Why would you do that? I like that he does, and then later on, Kunt brings it up. <laughs> <laughs> so they're there. Um, that's when they have their first face-to-face confrontation between Kunt and Magruba, and Magruba mm-hmm. gets beaten up and thrown out. It's, I'm pretty Very importantly, yeah. there's a poker game uh, that <laughs> Kunt is playing with a senator, and he just he just says, nah. I can I, I can tell uh, Kuntz bluffing from his from his tell, and the senator goes all in, loses of course immediately, and then gives Magruba the stink eye. Very important that he loses because late, later on Kuntz is using him as a part of his plan. Yes, without without Magruba, that wouldn't happen. It's a it's a good example of 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 good writing where actions have consequences in the film. Yeah, no, that, that's it is honestly very clever for this film, especially like it's not, but yeah, this which would be a, a minor footnote in the uh, in the hands of a good screenwriter and director combo. But for this film, it stands out, <laughs> shining to the sun. Um, so they go back to like, is there like some sort of trailer park or something after this? Um, oh. Yeah, I can't remember whose place. I, I think it's is it Kristen Wiig's place. No. Yes, they go back to Kristen Wiig's place. Yeah. So, because this is where this is where um, he confides in her that he promised his, his wife he'd never had sex, but that he does have feelings for for uh, Vicky. Now, I'm trying to get my timeline straight here. He, he talks to her. Oh, no. Wait, you, you, no, you're right. They, they do go off to a trailer park. Yeah. Because they get, they get ambushed there. And he uses Piper as a human shield, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yes. This is a, a good, it is good bit. Completely unexpected. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so like, and then turns him around. <laughs> turns him around. Pulls him back as well. So yeah, they get ambushed, and it go, it cuts to like this really brief slow motion shot where you think MacGruber's like going to do something heroic, and he just grabs his partner and flings him in front of him, so he gets pelted with the machine <laughs> with the bullets. That they, is good. They drag his body into the car, and they go driving and. Um, Vicky's like, oh my god, Piper's dead, and he's like, yeah, he's dead. And Piper is not dead; he was wearing a bulletproof vest. And he wakes up like, <gasps> and MacGruber loses his shit because he thinks it's like a zombie or something in the back of the car. <laughs> and it's that classic joke of, how did you know I was wearing a bulletproof vest? He's like, you're wearing a vest. <laughs> so Piper leaves because he's rightfully pissed off that MacGruber just tried to sacrifice himself to kill him to save himself. Yeah, um, how can you come back from that? Yeah, well, we, we'll cut away. Any any sort of emotional um, through line between those characters is irrelevant now because we're going to be briefly in a cemetery having sex very shortly. <sighs> so, <laughs> McGregor <McGuire sighs> goes to visit the grave of his ex um, to, you know, in theory, talk to her, you know, whether she's there or not, to get it off his chest because he wants to pursue something with Vicky. Well, her ghost. No, appears. he has sex with Vicky first. No. Yeah, the other way around. Other way around. Is it? I thought it was. 
Yeah, because oh. he comes back no, to he... and he bangs a ghost afterwards. Oh, shit, yeah, you're right. Yeah, double yeah. dipping. He, okay. goes to, he goes to the cemetery out of guilt and says, I fucked up. Okay. I, I promised you I never would, and I did. Yeah. So, okay, sorry. He has sex with Vicky first, and it's the worst. Um, every part of it is <laughs> terrible. It so <laughs> the sound effects You call it the alone. worst, and then the next scene happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's the sound effects that wreck it. For, that, that's, I should say, sorry, I'm laughing at this, but it's fucking gross. But I'm laughing at it. It's like... It's like listening to turtles have sex. Have you ever heard turtles? <laughs> yeah. No. That horrible heaving sound. It's yeah. so, so similar. I don't want to change the algorithm on my YouTube by searching that. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. We're going to do it for you, Seb. Oh, thank you. Okay. So, yeah, it's this weird fucking like three to four minute sex scene between these characters. And it's super... It's just awkward as fuck. And it's meant to be. It actually reminds me, this and then when he goes to the cemetery continued, it kind of reminds me of the style of joke that we have from the vomit joke in Team America in that it goes yeah. on so long that it, it becomes funny on. and then it's not funny and then it is funny again sort of thing. Um, yeah. For me, it does that. Like I am like laughing and then I'm like, oh God, please stop. And then for some reason, something will just happen and I'll be you know, cackling again, whatever. So- this, then he goes to the cemetery to apologize to his, his ex and her ghost appears and then they fuck and it's exactly the same and it's the worst, but I love it because it's so stupid and this film, this film actually weirdly has some very funny individual moments spread throughout it. It's just so It dumb. does, and then it has these. <laughs> this is what like took me out of it. Like As I'm going through it, I was like, oh, this isn't as bad as I remember. And then these two scenes happen and I was like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I think I described this to you when we were talking about it, Jordan, as like the uh, like the canyon of quality, or like the um, or like the, this, yeah. this is the low mark on in the actual film when it comes to yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, whatever. The team's back together. He reunites with Piper. Yada yada yada. They go and the they have their you know final fight against Kunth and his men in the secret missile silo. I guess is that. Anything I'm glossing over oh, there? While he's while he's at the while he's at the cemetery, he does find the car of the guy who called him an asshole right at the start of the film, and he's been obsessing about that through the through the whole film. So he yes, finally he torches it. But he's but he's on the phone with the colonel, and the colonel says, "Look, it's absolutely fine. Our our intel is that uh, is that he didn't get the codes, or they're worthless, or something." Um, and McGruber says, no, 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 he's definitely going after the State of the Union. The president's in danger. Washington is in danger. And we see then this, the guy giving the, the colonel the intel is the senator who lost the card game, who has been blackmailed by Kuntz now to give this bad info and, and to kill the colonel. Yeah. So the senator, the senator shoots the colonel. After he gets off the the phone with with McGruber and says I'm sorry or or whatever, uh, to throw McGruber off the off off the scent that something's wrong. So right. Are you saying that um, this movie's good? I'm saying it's competently written. <laughs> in thirty days. Oh wait, no, filmed in thirty days. <laughs> written, in, written in fifteen. Um, hmm. So then they go to the silo. Am I right? Are we at the end of the and, film? Yeah, and and then after that they're they're off in the silo, and 
yeah, they saved the day. Oh, yeah. So MacGruber's been talking this entire time about how he can't wait to get his throat rip on. His go-to move <laughs> is at the fucking speed of lightning, ripping people's throats out of their head, uh, out. And it is brutal and very... It is so awful. <laughs> yeah, but also kind of funny. <laughs> um, So, yeah, they go in. He's with... Piper, Piper is disgusted. He's like, God, you know, what was the line? He, he, he kills someone with the throat rip and he's like, Hey, he would have done the same to me. And Piper was like, no, he would have just shot you. <laughs> <laughs> is it not the same? Um, and even likens it to, to bowling, getting in, getting a Turkey. If I can just get that third one, I can get the Turkey. Yep. So, uh, what man, they go through, they stop the bomb. I can't remember anything specifically. And, and like, great about this part here because it is just kind of now your typical action movie conclusion um well they i mean vicky has been kidnapped after after the sex scene so that's why they go after to rescue her as well yep as uh, stop the stop the whole plan from going on and they are uh of course they fail in that because mcgruber fails at everything literally everything and then they're they're cornered by one of his his henchmen he uh, mcgruber and piper are cornered by one of the henchmen uh, and it's at that point that Piper runs the distraction gag that he was so disgusted by uh, at the start with the celery up his up his butt. Yep. And you got to you got to go to the thick end first for memory as well. Like you give some good advice. Thick end first because if yeah, if you go to the thin end, it's just going to fall out. It's yep. going to slip out. It seems counterintuitive, and Piper- but. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so That's stupid. A stupid, a stupid <laughs> drawing out of that joke. Yep. Oh. Okay, well, well, I, got know, the, I, got the, I got the quote here. Okay, now, piece of advice. When you use the old celery trick, you're going to want to go at the thick end. Seems counterintuitive, but if you go thin end first, it just slides right out and you, you're just wasting your time. <laughs> oh, so stupid. Anyway, whatever. Um, can't get but the point the bomb, is, is right? that Piper comes, Piper comes around to to Magruba's style of thinking. Yeah, now the unconventional though it is. Yeah. Now, oh, I should say as well, we've kind of missed a building a horrible. This is probably actually one of the worst build-up jokes in this one for me. But every time he sees Kunth, um, Magruba says he's going to rip his dick off and jam it down his throat, and he's consistently yep. been saying that. <laughs> so they save the day, whatever. Um, the facility gets blown up. Kunth is like strapped to the bomb. So he, we see that he ha- there's, there's a fire axe. So we, we hinted that he might escape, whatever. End of the film. McGruber's getting married to Vicky and Kunth is back and he goes to do the same thing with a missile launcher from memory to, to destroy yeah. the bomb. Yeah. So that's fine. Whatever. He stops it. The clergyman's dead. McGruber has a fight with him and it's going to the point where that's it. It's time to do the thing. I'm going to put your dick down your throat, but he can't because <laughs> unfortunately, um, Kunth was castrated in the, blast, in the blast. So bad. So instead he throws him off a cliff yeah. that takes minutes to fall down, grabs an AK-40, <laughs> oh, some sort of machine gun and shoots them on the way down. And that's yeah. it. The end. Then, then explodes him, and then pisses on the, the the burnt remains. Yep, which is just great over the top bullshit. Because MacGruber's a classy guy. Yep, and he's definitely not insane. <laughs> Isn't he ever? And that's MacGruber, right? Is that it? Yep. 
<laughs> Unfortunately, I think, I think they got it all. Until, until McGruber <laughs> 2. Yeah. Well, guys, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and hit the uh hit the old verdicts music and we can we can get the fuck out of here on this one. Good. Let's do it. You know what? It's not as bad as I thought it was gonna be again. It has a couple of really bright, shining, like genuinely funny moments in it, but all in all there's really no reason to ever watch this film the first time or the second time. Like the the couple of good gags, but this this is the kind of thing like I would watch the clips of on YouTube. You know, here's a nice letter, two minutes. Here's a nice letter, three minutes, and that's it. I'm done. Um, short runtime, not the most. I mean, not the most egregious waste of time in my life, given there was like an hour and a half long. So, if you're into that kind of like a silly, stupid film mood, yeah, yeah, sure. But for me, God, just I would honestly, if you want a spy parody that's good. If you want to ignore Austin Powers for whatever reason, I would just go watch watch um, Steve Carell's Get Smart. I think that's a much better spy parody with a stupid lead that actually goes somewhere and is a little bit more clever. And also you get the great Carly in it, so you're still kind of getting some care <laughs> from this film. But no, um, I can't really recommend this one, even though there were some genuinely funny bits in it. I, w- I will give it its credit in that it is a crafted comedy. You know, jokes are set up, they're paid off, the characters have clear motivations, actions generate reactions. We know exactly who is who and what they're going to do and why they're doing it. Um, it would be unfair to call this film a bad film because any criticism that you have of it is purely a matter of taste. And I will also add that I didn't enjoy it either. And it's not one I would recommend. If you want to waste 90 minutes of your life on something pointless, there are countless other films you could you could do it with. There's, there's nothing new about this film. It is a, a rehash of all the sketches that, that MacGruber does. And you'd probably be better off just watching those if you want to watch some MacGruber. Andrew? Yeah? Did you prefer this to Wayne's World, given as in Wayne's World, when you've rewatched it, I obviously I know, I know that you really enjoyed Wayne's World when you first saw it, when you were quite a bit, a bit you know, a bit younger and it was more fresh. But compared to now, what, what would, if you had to watch one of the two, what would you go with? I would still go with Wayne's World. Wow, because you Over really, this. you did it's, not have a good reaction to that one that on that time. That's I'm surprised. It's oh no no no, Wayne's World pales in comparison to how I remembered it, and I remembered it being this iconic film for what it was and it does a few a few of those like like the the car scene with Bohemian Rhapsody there are a few iconic things like that that still carry through and still and still work but the movie as a whole just isn't that great Austin Powers is though so it's not just down to Mike Myers this just never gets on board from from the start it has a few funny little moments but there's nothing really interesting carrying it through. Okay, it's just that. a funny series of sketches. Yeah. Okay, sorry, Jordan, yeah. didn't mean to cut you off there. <laughs> no, I, I agree with everything you guys have said, to be honest. Like, it's not nearly as bad of a film as I remember it being, but I also couldn't, in good conscience, uh, recommend it either. So it'd be a, it'd be a no from me. Yeah. Well, next week we had originally said that we were going to review Apollo 13, but I'm a fickle creature. And Plans change, pal. Yeah, cards subject to change. We're actually reviewing Knives Out. Um, 
because honestly, I wanted to see it before it got spoiled for me because I love a good murder mystery. And yeah, I knew it was you know easily and readily accessible to actually get to because it's obviously well out of the cinemas. So we had a bit of a discussion and we've gone with that. So we will possibly try and get Apollo 13 in at some point. We do have a couple of other weeks that are still going to be missing some stuff. So fear not. It's funny, it's funny that you that you picked Apollo 13 uh, to be on next week because at the moment there seems to be this moon movie, moon documentary uh, thing going on in the zeitgeist. You must have tapped into some, you know, global subconscious. Andrew, I Isn't am. Isn't there some kind of spaceship launch today? <laughs> yeah, there is. Today is a oh. day of recording, which is Sunday the 31st of May. <laughs> so yesterday, if you're hearing it on, on when it's live. Um, yeah, there is a, a launch. A SpaceX launch testing um, the, the human capsule. Lucky astronauts ah, getting on the planet. They're developing. So. Wish I was then. Yep. So Knives Out next week. And then I believe we're actually partially back on schedule as what we have planned. Um, but it's going to be a fun time, guys, because this is after Knives Out, this is the last smile we're going to have because we've got three Godfather films to do. So, oh, fuck. And I say that they're... <laughs> I've, I've only watched the first two. So for me, I've heard terrible things about the third. I never really went to go see it. So that'd be an experience for myself. My memory is, weirdly enough, these fantastic films are fantastic, but they're also quite long and are very intricate. So I'm, yeah. I'm tepidly excited because I also know, just from a pure note-taking perspective, my fucking, my, my poor book is going to be wrecked with that. <laughs> with character names and all that. Hey, but you get to hear my cheesy Italian accent. So that's also pretty good. Um, well, we don't have to watch the film for that, Sam. <laughs> you can just do that. That's fine. But we have to. And you know we'll be okay with that. Those films you can are, save me a, an accumulative nine hours of my life by just doing it now. <laughs> yep. Well, what's funny enough is those films were actually added at request of Alex, who's currently between uni and work, just MIA for Good, a he can do them. Well, he won't That's be it. here I'm going on holiday. That's the worst part. He won't be well, fucking too bad. Okay. No. Asterisk. I will speak to him. If he can't make the reviews for the films that he's chosen, maybe we can swap things around. So listeners, we might not end up doing The Godfather in the after next week. But oh, thank God. But we'll, we'll, we'll do it still this year, just when Alex returns. Yeah. It's, so heads up. Listen. We'll do a Tom Hanks spectacular. Apollo 13. Uh, uh, what's the one? Saving Private Ryan, and another big one that he's done. Bear with me. I can. I actually I can't, have. I can't our, think of I've actually got our list to see what was meant to be after the Godfather films. So after the Godfather, um, in no particular order, we do have a history of violence, Munich, Ooh. Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, and Red Dragon. We've specifically skipped the non-Anthony Hopkins ones. My God, we're going dark. Yeah, but then we're doing Chicken Run. <laughs> right. So take yourself out of that. But then we do actually have a bunch of new releases that obviously aren't going to be coming for the foreseeable future. So there'll be some gaps there as well. So in theory, we can we can do History of Violence in Munich if we don't do the Godfather films. So still some heavy films, don't get me wrong, but not the Godfather. Yeah, isn't life mm. great? <laughs> We've got bloody Blade Runner 1 and 2, Leon the Professional, Saving Private Ryan, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Guys, this is our this is our this is our year in which we review good films and the next year it's going to be nothing but trauma films. <laughs> 
Um, all right, well, I guess we'll wrap it up and we'll head off then. Indeed. Have fun. Check us out on Instagram at Second Take Podcast. And if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. You can check out our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash second take. If you'd like to, you can also follow me on Twitter at JordanMFPP. Sweet. You can follow me at Bastion underscore James. Uh, check out our website, secondtakepodcast.com. Email us at secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. And we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash take. So we'll definitely be back on Wednesday with the Variety Hour. And then we'll be back the following Monday with Knives Out. Those things I can say with 100% certainty, <laughs> those are happening. But everything after that is, oh, who knows? Who knows? But um, thank you. Bye. Second Take Podcast is recorded within the Moreton Bay region of Queensland, Australia, and acknowledges this region's original owners, namely the Jinnabara, Kabi Kabi, and Yugera people. Second Take Podcast respectfully acknowledges the traditional custodians of these lands, and we pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures, and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.